you know, I'm happy to, I'm happy to answer questions. I, I do consider myself, you know, a DVC expert. <laughs> and if I wasn't uh, before I started the webpage, I am now. You better be at this yeah. point. Hey everybody, this is the DBC Pod with Phil Schoen and me, Jason Dodge, and this is the Week in Review of March 6th, 2021. Uh, we've got a special guest today joining us, uh, Pete, aka Skier Pete, from Discord, from a couple different places like dvchelp.com, where he helps run a lot of point charts, a lot of cool DVC tips and news. He's also a member of the uh, newscast podcast that talks about all DVC and Disney news around. Pete, thanks for coming on. How are you doing today? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, boy, you make me sound real important. You are important. You're a valued <laughs> member of the community. Make me and, feel good. Yes. The most important person on this podcast. <laughs> most important guest, yes, this week. The most important guest this week. At least today, anyway. Least, yeah. yeah. <laughs> again guys I, I don't know why i think we need a new intro phil but again remind everybody this is the show where we talk about what you guys are talking about throughout the week and we talk about it here kind of rounding up um and we've made it a little bit easier with the discord server the dbc server where now i only have to scroll up and see what everybody's talking about rather than hunting all over the place for stuff um for those that don't know or have been kind of deaf to what we've been promoting the last couple of weeks we've got a really great discord server uh, that's full of well, over a hundred people, I think. Um, a lot of good chat all day long about tips, tricks, news, general conversation about Disney. A lot of good friends and people out there. And um, hope you guys can join. Phil will plaster that invite link throughout social media, and he has already. So if you follow him on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, should be on there. You should find it. But with that being said, Phil. You promised that there's a lot of news this week, so I'm going to leave it to you to get us there started. There is. There is a lot of news. Uh, it seemed like there was a couple things coming, and then something bigger came, and then something bigger came, and and, uh, and something bigger came. Yeah. Uh, we'll start with, a, I think, a few shorter things just to get through and leave some more of the discussion for after that. So the first news item I have is, as we're wrapping up this weekend, uh, obviously one of the big Disney movies to come out this year was that Raya and the Last Dragon came out this week. And it was interesting because they did a theater release along with the premium release on Disney Plus at the same time. So you could go see it in the theaters or you could pay an extra $30 to see it now on Disney Plus or wait until I believe June and see it included on Disney Plus. So I was kind of wondering what this was going to mean for the numbers. Um, and some numbers have come out that globally for the weekend, just from the, the box office, we don't know know who how many people paid for the premium access on disney plus but it did about 26 million dollars globally 8.6 million dollars domestically um, and again it's hard to know what how to put that into context because for all we know 10 times as many people got it on disney plus um, the one thing i would say is comparing it the prior weekend tom and jerry came out another sort of kids kids movie and that brought in 14.1 million domestically so it did better than raya so I don't know, did any of you uh, see that? And what do you think of this? We didn't. We didn't see it this weekend. I do actually want to see it in theaters, so we may go next weekend. We just weren't able to this weekend, but um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to tell because you know I would think more people would want to see this than Tom and Jerry, but right. um, with the uh, the ability to watch it for thirty bucks from home, there might be a lot of people that that chose that. I mean, if you have 
two or three kids and two two parents. It's uh, it's cheaper. It's cheaper to stay home, right? So I'm one of the of the three of us that saw it. We saw it on Friday night, and um, I'm not going to spoil anything other than to say it was excellent. Yeah, probably the only thing that I wish that the movie had that it didn't was there was no music, right? There's no songs or anything. I don't think it was a movie for that really. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was the only thing missing from a quote unquote Disney movie. Right. But the animation was excellent. The story was great. And the only reason why I know the story was good because my three-year-old and my six-year-old watched it all the way through without getting bored or wandering around. They were engaged the whole time. That's great. Um, so it was good. It was good. I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to talk about the plot. I'm just going to say it was, it's worth time and effort and going to see it. I've heard yeah. uh, quite a few good reviews of it from people and similar to you that have younger kids and stuff. And several of them said they, they weren't quite sure what it was going into it. You know, the, obviously there's been trailers and stuff, but they weren't really sure how it was compared to other Disney animated movies, but they were I guess pleasantly surprised overall that everybody liked it. Um, just to share my thoughts is we're planning on waiting until June. We really want to see it. It looks excellent. I think I just have this mental hurdle with the whole pay-per-view process. Like we've never done that. You and a lot of other people. Yeah. So I think, and knowing that it's only a couple months, it's kind of like, I think we'll just wait. If it was yeah, like and- a year delay, we'd probably buy it. And $30 is steep. I'm, I'm surprised they go that high. I, 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 I just I always maybe that's maybe you keep it that high to try to drive some people to go to the theater. I don't know. I don't know what the reason is, but it seems steep to me. But that's what they Especially did. Especially having so. that on top of paying the monthly fee, which granted, I mean, I know I'm locked in at the D23 rate, so it's not much, much per month. Right. But just the OK, you have to pay this just to have the option of paying more. I think maybe rubs some people. It it definitely rubs me the wrong way to be honest. I, we didn't we didn't do that for Mulan. We didn't see it in the theater. We didn't uh, pay the extra money, and I did want to see that movie, but not bad enough to pay thirty dollars. But it wasn't worth thirty dollars anyway. No, it, it it was good. I liked it, but yeah, good movie. Yeah, but yeah, I I was it was well worth the wait to see it for all my subscription rather than paying for it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So we, yeah, we might go this coming week. We'll see. All right, and the next news item is about that, the new Moana-themed rooms at the Polynesian. Disney uh, released some images of what the rooms are going to look like, and I know there was a lot of, I don't know if concern's the right word, but people are sort of wondering, you know, how in-your-face Moana was this going to be? Is this going to be like, you know, the pop century, you know, how in-your-face some of that theming can be? Um, this is pretty pretty subtle other than they have this one big wall that I guess is wallpaper with patterns that sort of look like the tribal tattoos that were featured in that movie. Um, otherwise it looks very sort of islandy. Uh, relaxing. It looks, good. it looks a lot brighter, I think than the old rooms, which is nice. And I like the floors a lot. So. The, yeah. The, uh, I don't know when the last time they refreshed the rooms, but um, I stayed, we stayed there in the DVC rooms a couple of years ago and the DVC rooms are very nice. And I was walking through one of the other buildings and boy, did those rooms need a refresh. So uh, for those, for those prices, especially. So yeah, I think it looks good. And I I don't want to bring it up now because this is a big proponent of one of our topics later on, but this is basically what the story that brought up a lot of DVC talk um, on discord this week. 
So um, some, I have some I have some comments, but I'm going to bite my tongue as we kind of move through this. Regarding the pricing of the rooms? Is that what you mean? Oh, everything, yeah. Okay, yeah, exactly. okay sure. we'll, we'll save that. So moving on from that to the next story was that there was some footage seen uh, and Brooke McDonald on her, uh, I guess, Instagram and Twitter put out some video that the Harmonious Fountains were testing. Um, and she's got, there's this image all, from all the way over at one of the, boardwalk hotels you can see it like over the atlantic dance hall and all those things you can see the uh, eiffel tower from france and the fountains are like as high as the eiffel tower so just about yeah yeah so so we'll see i mean i think a lot of people are speculating those might be like the burst not that it's going to be continuously that high but uh if this is any sign of what's going to happen that the the fountains alone i think are going to be pretty impressive and hopefully that'll put some people at ease if during the day there's like a real Sort of like Las Vegas-ish fountain show going on. But I guess we'll have to see. But it's nice to see, you know, testing for that. And what that I am fir- I am firmly in the camp that all these people that are moaning and crying about this giant ring inside <laughs> uh, the, the lake there, that they're oh, this, oh, this is going to be so bad. What what a bad show! All this other whining is going to be like once it goes full live, it's just going to be like wow, this is amazing. Yeah, and- I don't. I don't mind it at all. I mean, how much time do I really spend looking across the looking out at the lake when I'm at World Showcase? Not that much. And I don't know. I think if it put if it the if the result is a great show, then wonderful. <laughs> you know, if the show stinks, then yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I it does like, put it does put some pressure. I think on the show to deliver. Oh, yeah. but but I mean from everything we've heard and seen they are going all out with the show so hopefully I, I think we need to survey all the guests around the world showcase basically what do you spend more time looking at the bottom of your empty glass or <laughs> in the middle of the lagoon there well and I also think after the kind of bust of rivers of light that also puts a lot of pressure on them to do this right com- com- you know combined with that illuminations was a very popular show and they just had a nighttime show that did not do well and to the point that they've basically closed it now. So, you know, if they screw this up, they're going to be, there's going to be some heads in, in the entertainment section. <laughs> it's rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with like, what I think what they're spending on. It. <laughs> yeah. This will definitely be their last big show that that person gets to develop. It. Yep. That actually rolls into the next story, which is actually more of a rumor. Um, this comes from uh, Mansion Butler 84 over at WDW Magic. Has a, a few stories from his insiders about uh, returning of some nighttime shows, including fireworks. Um, and the, they're looking at June as being the start of some firework shows at mm. Disney, uh, indicating uh, Epcot. This person says Epcot has the most space, so sort of implying that that'll be the first one to go. I think one of the interesting things, though, is that they say that it will need to be t- a ticketed event. Now he went, and I keep saying he; it could be a, it could be a she. So I should say they. Uh, they went on to say how it, it might be free tickets, not something you have to pay for. Sort of like I think how World of Color was over at, at DCA but you might have to get a ticket to kind of maybe have your assigned spot or just somehow to control crowds and not that everyone gathers in one spot. And that sort of thing. So I don't know how they're going to do that only because Epcot's open till what, 11? On 11 some nights, nights 11, yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah. It's a lot of nights, but at least some. yeah, yeah, mostly nine or ten. But yeah, but like they don't want to close the park early for this because those people are buying drinks and food at this point, right? right. So yeah, you don't I, want to kick you know half the people out at eight or whatever. Right? It, there's no way you're preventing people from seeing it either, right? right. Because it's in the middle of yeah. the park. Um, I mean, I could see this happening at Magic Kingdom. That's a lot of people were speculating on that in the community about, um, you know, whether it's going to be like a dining package or a ticketed package to see fireworks. And I could see that until they're comfortable people crowding in, in, in mm-hmm. let's say, you know, Magic Kingdom. But there's a lot of fear that this is going to be the new norm, right? You, if you want to see fireworks at the Magic Kingdom, you have to pay for them. Yeah. I don't think Disney goes that way. I don't think so either. I think it could just be spacing. Like maybe they have like 20 boxes or whatever around world yep. even and your ticket just says what box you go to and maybe boxes one and two have the best view so those are part of the dining package or something like that so not that everyone won't be able to see you'll just kind of have to get your assigned we'll be back after a quick break hey parents yeah you are you looking for a podcast your kids will really love well we made one just for you and for us As genuine, all-natural kids ourselves, we know what makes a fun and interesting podcast. So we decided to make it ourselves. Every show is packed with interviews, stories, and on-the-ground reporting. We have interviewed everyone from scientists to Grammy Award-winning musicians to NFL quarterbacks. Listen to Wild Interest wherever you get your podcasts. Yep. It's such it's such a hard call for them to do because it's going to be extremely hard to keep people spaced for a show like that. Even even at World Show World Showcase would probably be the best place for it because there's so much area. But even there, it's going to be really difficult, especially if it's a new show. Oh yeah, because everybody in the world's going to want to see it. No pun intended. <laughs> what what Disney needs to do is just basically when you show up, ask if have you gotten a vaccine yet? Nope, and have a stock of like the J and J vaccine and just like <laughs> vaccinate everybody you want to see harmonious. Your vaccination package, you get your that's it. Exactly. With a vaccine. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you're right. I mean, World of Color. There were a lot of years, or there was a lot of time where that would run out very early in the day for several years before it had gotten to the point that everybody had seen it enough, and 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 now you generally can get. A pe- well, now, not now, but, you know, while it was still open, you could generally get a pass for that without any problem. But uh, they still were they still were doing the passes right up until the last time we were there, which was uh, August 2019. Right. So I could see something like that or. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe like the, the only other thing I could see is maybe selling tickets to a preview or something like that. But we'll have to see. I mean, I think it's just it's just good that they're even talking about this or the rumors are out there. But they're definitely going to have to do something to control crowds because we saw how, I think it was even the premiere of that holiday projection thing on the castle, which was not anything big, but you saw like on the first day all the crowds right right up front. So they're going to have to do something to try to help. Yeah. So the next news story, uh, moving after my timely comment about the holidays, is moving to a water park in that Blizzard Beach opened today, uh, which. Somewhat interestingly, I know Volcano Bay and some other ones were closed this weekend because it was too cold. So it's somewhat interesting that this happened to be the day that they, they reopened Blizzard Beach. That's a good day to start, right? Less crowds? Yeah, it should definitely be less crowds. Um, <laughs> it was just interesting to see, too, all like the, the, the guidelines you're going to have to follow and how they're trying to do social distancing in the, the Lazy River and things like that. One interesting <laughs> thing I saw was I guess they're, they're sort of 
relying on the, the chlorine to do some of the disinfecting. So after somebody uses a water tube, they turn it over. And then after a while, they'll turn it back over. So it's now disinfected for the next person. Interesting. So, I don't know. Are you, do you guys do the water parks? Are you excited that that one's open now? I've never done the Disney water parks. I've, you know, I've been spending my time in the parks. I've never had a nice long leisurely thing where I'm like, hmm, let's do a water park today. Plus my kids are, were always way too young for it. Yeah, we've, we've done them quite a bit and I do like the water parks. Um, now that our daughter is older, we don't, we haven't done them in a few years. Um, but, uh, I definitely think they're, I definitely think they're great parks. Um, I, I don't know that I would go right now to be honest though. Mm. I don't, I'm not sure, you know, I, cause I don't really know how you, I mean, you know, I know the theory that chlorine takes care of it. Um, you know, outside is safer, everything like that. Well, let me put it this way. I don't know if I'd do it before I had my vaccine. Once I had my vaccine, <laughs> then I probably wouldn't worry so much. Yeah. I mean, for me, like, I'm not even considering COVID. I'm just waiting for my youngest daughter, who just is three, to be able to swim. Yeah. So we're not, like, paranoid about, like, because no one wants to, like, we go for a walk outside, like, earlier today, and I'm constantly yelling at my kids, stop climbing on the tree, stop jumping all these things, stop swinging that stick, don't don't hurt. I mean, like, I'm right. not going to do that, plus then worry about my youngest drowning, because she's crazy. <laughs> another step forward so hopefully it goes absolutely well and there's there's nothing wrong with that and it's just nice to see more and more capacity more, more ticket sales because... next news item and now we're getting into some of the bigger things i think some of the announcements about new things and speaking of new things uh, or returning things on march 5th uh, universal announced that halloween horror nights will be returning this year not necessarily surprising but i think it's good that they're they're announcing it now they must feel pretty confident about it um, and we know so far that the Beetlejuice-themed haunted house will be one of the houses. Uh, it will be starting on September 3rd on select nights. And looking at the calendar, I've seen a lot of comments. It seems like it's more nights than ever. So I don't know if that's just they're trying to make back money from they lost from last year, or if perhaps maybe they'll have somewhat reduced capacity, so they need more nights to get the same number of people through. Uh, I think it's going to be demand. I think so, too. I mean, I, there's a lot. This obviously has a lot of bands like yeah bands that were like denied <laughs> their their hhn last year so they are uh chomping at the bit to get just there. i mean just think of it this way the people that are going to be traveling to go to universal for this and the people that are local that want to go those are the type of people that are going to be want to be first in line for the vaccine once it's their turn mm-hmm. so um i think a lot of the travel industry is getting ready for end of summer, beginning of the fall this year for all that, especially since the president said everybody that would want a vaccine could be able to get one by what end of May now. Yeah. It keeps moving up. So we'll see. Yep. Yeah. I, and I think uh, Halloween horror nights are very popular with the locals as well. Not, not to say that the tourists don't like it, but I think the I think the people that go three, four times are the locals. So yeah. I think that, um, you know, I can totally see that they increase the number. And as you said, it's probably, they're probably still thinking they got to limit capacity somewhat. Yeah. In some so, ways you're going to have to space things a little, because some of those houses you're really in there and some of those uh, scare actors are almost like on top of you. So I'm, I'm assuming they'll still have to kind of curtail that a little bit compared to years past, but you know, this is their 30th at, well, last year, I guess was supposed to be the 30th anniversary. So they're still calling this, I guess, HHN 30. So I think they want to go pretty big as, or at least as big as they can. Speaking of new things, uh, 
uh, we had mentioned it before that uh, Disney had announced that they're going to have a food festival at Disney California Adventure over at California because they obviously still weren't able to have the parks open and other places were doing that. Um, Knott's Berry Farm, I know, had been doing like a foods festival. I believe Universal announced they're going to be doing one. So they announced some of the details for it. We went over some of the details and costing last week, but the sale of those tickets, because it's going to be a hard ticket event to get in went on sale and they went quickly not surprisingly uh, obviously it's disney it so they had a lot of issues of people waiting and seeing things circling and they saying you're in queue they even had to pause the queue for a bit for it to catch up uh, they were supposed to do sort of a rolling thing where this would just be the first set of dates and then they would add more over time they actually wound up adding two extra weeks uh right away during this first I was just going to say, it was like almost instantly like, okay, this is going to be forever now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I believe it took about nine to 10 hours before every single ticket was sold, including those two extra weeks. Were you you limited to how many tickets you could buy? Like days? No, you you weren't. Yeah, I don't think so. And I I, I can tell you that from, I I was on helping a friend get them. Uh Uh-huh. And you could pick multiple days. You can only pick eight per day. Eight tickets per day. Eight tickets per day, but you could pick multiple days. I, I mean, for essentially, was it? It's fifty bucks, right? Because you're going to spend twenty five dollars worth of food no matter yeah. what, yeah. right? That I'm like, okay, I'm doing this every single Friday that I could possibly can, right? And you just you just load them up. That's I mean, that's what I would do if I was out there. Yeah, yeah, I guess I, I mean, yeah. So uh, the friends that the friends that I helped out, they got three days worth of tickets. So. Um, to me, it's like, well, fifty, you know, fifty dollars to get in, not bad. But what am I getting for fifty dollars? I'm essentially getting to buy food and merchandise, and a couple of distance character greets. So I don't know how many times I would, you know, I, I don't know about every week. <laughs> well, I mean, like I, I'm thinking, if like I would never do it, do this as a father of three right now. Mm-hmm. But I can say, if I was, you know, a young adult or thirty something without kids. And I've got money to spend, especially after being, you know, cooped up for a year. I mean, yeah. I, I w- I'd be doing this quite a bit, I think. Yeah, and well, they haven't they haven't had a park out there for a year, so exactly. There's some there's some eager so people. I, that's what we're saying. I think talking about you know we mentioned about the, the Halloween Horror Nights people being starved. I think the uh, Disneyland people are really starved. So just being able to get in to do this and see get some of their favorite food items and see some characters, and photo ops. I I, I could definitely see why they they're interested in this. I'm not surprised yeah. it went as fast as it did. But then some new news came out, um, which sort of put this into question, uh, I guess a little bit, or at least people may be feeling like, wait, what did I, did I really need to pay for, you know, 27 dates for this? When uh, California announced that uh, theme parks, including Disneyland and Universal, can start opening on April 1st if they meet certain qualifications. And it seems like a lot of those details still need to come out exactly what those are going to be uh, related to, you know, indoor rides and things like that that need to have certain filtration and stuff like that. So we'll have to see the the real details about that. And I believe it's going to start at um, 15% as of now capacity, which is obviously pretty low. But again, step in the right, right direction for, for moving forward. And it's, you know, not surprising to see California move eventually. We saw a movement, you know, a little while ago in New York kind of came off and started opening up things. So now we're seeing California. Yeah. Well, somebody's, somebody's getting recalled out there too. 
So I, I don't know. This might be some some health guidelines. It might be some political also. Yeah, I'm not too sure. But uh, anyway, good for them out there. You know, yeah. if anybody Disney can do it safely, and they've proven that, I think. Yeah, and that's what yeah. a, a Ken Potrock, president of Disneyland, came out and basically said. You know, with responsible Disney safety protocols already implemented around the world, we can't wait to welcome our guests back. They didn't give any date on when Disneyland will be opening. Obviously, they need to call back a lot of cast members and figure out how they can do things safely. And it also brings in the question, if they can only be at 15% capacity, you know, is are they going to be able to turn a profit or that how sort of thing works? Or will they wait a little bit until capacity increases? We'll have to see. But, uh, yeah, it's nice to you know, see how many you know, tens of thousands of people can get recalled. They'll need the jobs between the Universal and, and Disneyland and so, yeah, good news to see. So it's definitely excitement, a lot of excitement this past week for Disney fans out in Southern California. hundred uh, percent. Now, Phil, before you do social media, make sure that mic's close to your face. You oh. keep dripping out. The, this is the professional part of the podcast, yes. folks, where <laughs> we do technical things in the middle. I get so animated. I lean back and start talking. I need to uh, remember I need to. It's the passion in you. I know. Yes, it's all the passion. <laughs> So where, where can you find us? Yes, you can find us on Twitter at PodDBC, Instagram, the DBC Podcast, Facebook, DBC Pod, and of course, our Discord server. So with that being said, first topic of the day, we kind of alluded to when we were talking about the, the poly changes in the, in, the, in the room revamps. First thing I wanted to talk about, a lot of people were talking about was the cost of staying at a deluxe and uh, where DVC and DVC rental DVC points or buying into DVC, where, where it all comes together. And so that's why we had Pete come on. Now, Pete, hey. I kind of teased a couple of your stuff, but why don't you give us a better description than I could have done on your website, the podcast that you belong to, and kind of a little bit of your background. Like, you're just not a guy that just said, I, I like DVC. Um, <laughs> you you well, do think. I am. But, yeah, so uh, I, I bought into DVC in 2014, and I've only bought into the resale end of it um and i mainly got into where i am now because i'm kind of cheap uh <laughs> is one way to say it uh the other the other way to say it is uh you know i like to get my money's worth out of something that's as expensive as as dvc so i we uh, all do yeah <laughs> so i when i uh when i when i first got into dvc i started looking at well i, I stay i stay in studios and sometimes it's really hard to get a studio well what you know, what time of year is hard to get a studio, what type of studios are hard to get. So I started building these availability charts really just for myself uh, on the studios. And it ended up being, I posted them on, uh, on the, am I allowed to say the dis boards? I said it anyways. And you say them all the time. Sure. Okay. And when I did that, uh, a lot of people were like, wow, these are really cool. So I kind of went into, uh, it started with just studios and then we expanded to one bedrooms and it was a lot of manual work. And um, I, so I recruited other people to help and it, you know, kind of became a thing. Uh, and then I ended up setting up a, a website called DVC help and we're more than just the availability charts, but that's really what started it. Um, and then I also got involved with uh, my DVC points uh, community and, got involved or got invited to join one of their podcasts, which is a DVC newscast. And it's a little different from what you guys do. I mean, you guys are just talking about general news. We're more focused on the DVC side of things. So we will 
talk about things like the taste of uh, taste of of uh, Disney out in California, but we mostly talk about things that are going to affect the members of DVC because that's what we're focused on. Uh, but the website, as I said, I, I really wanted to set up something because one of the things I've noticed is there really wasn't a comprehensive DVC website for helping new members and and that type of and uh, having all the information on all the resorts all the point charts. Uh, we have some tools that can help you like calculate how to u- best use your points, things like that. Um, so we really tried to develop, uh, in theory, the uh, most comprehensive uh, DVC site out there for both existing members and new members. So, um, you know, thanks for letting me uh, mention the site. But yeah, when it comes to talking about DVC or talking about <laughs> deluxe resorts, I think the prices are crazy. Um, I just, you know, we just, just a little, we just ended up staying. I, I always do it. Um, uh, we just ended up staying at the grand Cal, the grand Floridian for five nights on our last trip, which was just in February. And, you know, I, our, on average, my cost as a DVC member was about $250 a night. And that was, I thought, well, that's a pretty good price. Well, what's, what would it cost if I went to the DVC site or to the Disney site and I did a cash room? And it was like $915 a night for a studio at the same time at the Grand Floridian. And don't get me wrong, beautiful resort, beautiful hotel, great location. Not going to pay $900, not going to pay no. $900 a night for it. I mean, that's, I don't, it's insane to me that, that people do that because, uh, you know, I guess if you have enough money, it's that it doesn't matter. Maybe, Maybe that's what it is, but see, I just, I, I just think it's crazy what, you know, if I, I could, I could stay so much nicer in like New York city for less than that. Or even you know? down there, you could stay at the four seasons or something. Right. Yeah. Just, you could stay just off property for half that in a wonderful room. And, uh, you know, cause the rooms are, you know, they're, they're a little bigger, but they're not that much bigger than. You know, they're like, I don't know, 375 square feet or something like that in the in the studio in the studios in the in these resorts. They're not huge rooms or anything. Well, I mean, like, that, that goes to the question then, um, you know, one of one of the bullet points I had was rack rate versus rental. I mean, like I, I always get befuddled anybody that stays at a deluxe resort without a DVC portion of that, because who, who's spending that much money, even with what you typically can get when you get you know, uh, discounts, which is like 30 to 40% off. Right. Yeah. But even at $700 a night, $600 a night, you're still spending what 400 plus dollars a night. Assuming you have four guests or less. And to me, that's like, I don't know, maybe you have too much money up there. You know, it was one thing when they were, you know, you could find them for four fifty, five hundred dollars a night. And then the discount off that made it, I think not crazy. But now, you know, you're talking about the Grand Floridian and people are checking prices on the Polynesian now that the remodel is done. And they were getting up to $900, I think, during Christmas week. A lot of other times they were like 700 So that's yeah, the poly- a lot of money. I mean, if yeah, you the have poly's the money, around, I guess. around 700 It's yeah. it's cr- crazy to me. Well, I mean, like I, when I think of pricing, I, I Phil and I have had a discussion before. Phil's a family of five. So, so am I. I often bring my mother down with us who we're a party of six now, now that my youngest is actually a Disney person at three years plus. Mm-hmm. And it's, you're, you're starting at $1,000 a night getting a suite or two rooms at any of the deluxe resorts. And 
you know, my question is then becomes, we were talking about this earlier in the week, is staying at a deluxe resort worth it when you have kids? What, what I mean, like you, you've got, you've got a, you've got a family, but your kids are older now. Yeah. So, you know, when they were younger, would you, st- would you even consider staying at a deluxe? Well, again, we, we, we never, st- well, I should, yeah, we never stayed at a deluxe, uh, at the cash rates. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, the thing is your kids don't really care. No, you need a pool. They need a, they need a pool. They need a good pool. And you know, our daughter, our daughter would totally love, totally love the Caribbean beach pool. She was, she loved it there. The, the, uh, they also had the pirate cruise that you could, I don't know if they still do that, but you could like sign them up. It was like two hours. They went out on a pontoon boat and they did like a treasure hunt and everything like that. I think I saw that at least a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I mean, they had lots of activities for the kids and everything, just like all the resorts do. And I don't think, I don't think your kids care at all. So I don't know why yeah. you would necessarily, I mean, it is nice to be with small kids. I'm sure it's very nice to be on the magic kingdom loop, right. To just take the, um, take the monorail over but is that worth an extra five thousand dollars for your vacation i don't know about that well one answer no it's not yeah especially when you have kids and you got to pay for them yeah i mean like i was i was saying with like if i if i had had a bigger family i would have probably you know if i i would probably start that's when i would probably looked at staying off property and getting like a two-bedroom or a three-bedroom phil's world right there yeah Yeah. we made that move yeah i mean like I've got a trip later this year in October, as everybody knows. We've talked about it quite a bit. And um, we've got two five-bedroom – or no, excuse me, two fifth-sleeper rooms at CBR because um, we are now a party of seven. My, it's Both my parents are coming down. My dad's first trip since early 90s and um, you know my whole family. And then my sister's going down. She's DVC. And her home resort is uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge, and she's going to hop on and try to get on the River- Riviera, mm-hmm. be right there next stop from the Skyliner. And I, I looked into renting DVC points and do all this other stuff, and it's still cheaper to stay at CBR with a five bedroom or five fifth person sleeper. Excuse me, I keep saying five bedroom. I wish it was a five bedroom. That'd be nice. But you know, deluxes are not there for bigger families. I don't think. No. No, I agree. And, um, you know, that kind of co- kind of goes down to, you know, what the next topic of renting DVC points versus owning. I know a lot of people suggest you rent before you own. Are you, do you pre- uh, prescribe to that mantra? Um, that's a, that's a good question. We did rent once before we own. I mean, it is, it is an investment to get into DVC, um, you know, and I don't think it's right for everyone. But it's a car payment. It, it it is. It is. I mean, if you're going to, I mean, it, it really depends what you want. You have more options with DVC. Um, they have studios. They have one bedrooms. They have two bedrooms. We won't talk about the the grand villas and the bungalows, which are, uh, you know, pure fortune either yes. even through DVC. Um, but um, you know, it's. A lot of people really like that, you know, that two bedroom for for a bigger family, and you're certainly paying less for a two bedroom uh, through DVC than you're paying for two or three rooms at a deluxe. That's for sure. Um, I I really myself, the reason I ended up going to DVC for a lot of years, I was like, it's it's too much money. It's just not worth it. 
until I found out about resale and resale is depends on the resort you're buying, but it can be about half the price. Uh, I'll say, I'll say 70% to, to 50% of the price of buying direct. Um, and you know, when I looked at it back six, seven years ago, um, it was one of those things where I decided, yeah, it's right for us because I looked at it from a standpoint of, are we going to keep coming? And our daughter at that point was, I don't know, 13 or something or 12 or 13. And we were starting to realize that even when she's an adult, my wife and I were going to keep coming. And then, uh, you know, wh- where do you stay? And, you know, I think if you, if you're happy with a value or if you're happy staying off property, it's, you, you can, you can still certainly do that cheaper. Um, at the time, moderate, it's, you know, we, we were mostly moderate people and it was one of those things where it's going to be about the same cost as moderate, but you're staying deluxe. Now it's probably maybe a little bit more, but moderates have gotten up in the two fifty. They're in the fours now. Rack rate. Really? As high as they're at least mid threes for most of them. Yeah. Yeah, If you look at certain times of year, fifth sleeper can hit anywhere between three eighty and four ten or so this pre COVID. So really, if you're someone that goes every year or even every other year, you can make it work, uh, wants to stay moderate or higher, um, you can really make DVC work for you. Even even renting points can be, I wouldn't say rent, renting points are ever going to beat a moderate, but you can make renting points uh, beat a, uh, definitely beat a deluxe by quite a bit. And, uh, you know, again, as I said, I I factor in, everybody looks at that buy-in and you're paying, you know, on the resale market, again, depends on the resort. Uh, you're going to pay anywhere from a hundred dollars a point up to maybe 140, 150, depending on the resort that you choose. Um, and you need typically, I'll say, if you want a studio, you're going to need around 150 points a year. If you're going to go once a one week a year. Um, so you're looking at a $15,000 upfront fee, but, if you think about that, if, you know, if I look at the poly or I look at Bay Lake Tower or something like that, that's still got like 40 years left on that shelf life for that. So you're paying $15,000 for 40 years worth of property. Now, you also have to pay an annual maintenance fee, but I factor my cost with my original buy-in and my maintenance fee, and it's costing me about 10 to $11 a point when I stay and, you know, at some of the, uh, most of the resorts, you're talking 15 up to 25 points a night. So now, if it's, at, so I'm typically paying between 150 and 250 a night to stay in a studio at a, in a deluxe resort. Let me ask you this. Cause I know, I know you've done the math. I didn't ask you this question. So I don't know if you, the actual answer, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess you actually know this. What is your ROI, right? What, how many years, if you're going every single year, when do you finally break even and you're enjoying a discounted deluxe stay? How many years did it take you? Um, versus a deluxe or versus a moderate? Because I did the I did the calculation versus a moderate initially. Well, give um, me both. Yeah, versus a deluxe, it's probably about three or four years. Oh yeah. Well, we're going with rack rates, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, even yeah, yeah. With rack rates, it's probably like two or three, <laughs> two years, <laughs> yeah, or something. But um, yeah, it was. Um, I think with a moderate, I figured initially I had figured it was going to be around eight or nine years, but because of the rate of the rate of increase 
because I'm paying less, if they both increase at the same percentage, it was going to separate further and further. And mm-hmm. by the end of my contract, I was going to save like $300,000 or something like that if that I went every year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I did the math. This is going back probably 2018. And just based on static rack rates for 10 years, static and, and buying enough points for my family, my payback would have been like 11 or 12 years. And yeah. That's assuming the the rack rate of your hotel room doesn't go up, which it most assuredly, assuredly will, which makes that return on investment a lot sooner. But uh, you're, you're not not to put like the the wool over anybody's eyes, but you're you're still going to be paying more money for that first nine years. But after that, you're going to have an excellent experience. The, the other discounted rate. The other thing I would say though is, you know, I'm as I said, seven years in what 2014 to now, I could sell my points to someone else. I bought my points at Animal Kingdom Kingdom Lodge for $74 a point. They're going for 110 now. Make a little so, bit a little bit of money. So I could take that I could have gone my 7 years take that money, pay it back, you know, put it put it back in or or re, or sell it again and I'd actually be way ahead of the game at this point if I wanted to. Now I'm I'm not interested in doing that. But that's one thing I didn't really factor in was that DVC points hold their value. I mean, even mm-hmm. through this downturn, I've been very surprised. I thought the points would retract in prices by 20, 30% and they haven't retracted at all. I was like, I was like $5, I think per point. Yeah. Was, like, I mean, you might find like a desperate contract that you can kind of push yeah. through right at first refusal, but like they've held pretty strong over the last year. Yeah. And they've taken away benefits over the last seven years. So you don't get the same uh, perks that you used to get uh, buying resale. But in the end, why you're buying DVC is a discounted room. And I just, uh, you know, I look at it and it's it's not even just, as I said, the 10 years that it takes to get your money back, but then you're like, I'm staying at a deluxe. And like, we stay at places, again, we were just at the Grand Floridian. I would have never in my life thought I could stay at the Grand Floridian. <laughs> All right. Because <laughs> it's never been in my my budget, even when it was, you know, even 20 years ago when it was $300 a night or whatever it was back then, it wasn't in my budget either. So, yeah. you know, it's, there's been a lot of that. And we, uh, we own a small contract at the boardwalk and my wife and I, before we were married, we, we took, took our first, it was either our first or second Disney trip. And, um, we were walking around the boardwalk one morning and heading over to Epcot and we were like, Oh, could you imagine ever staying here? I can't even imagine it. And like now, you know, we stay there every year and uh, we pay like, I said, less than $200 a night. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, it, it's, it's definitely, I would, I would never tell someone to jump into it without doing the research. And certainly uh, I said, dvchelp.com. We have a lot of information there. Um, and the, uh, the, my DVC points uh, podcast community also a lot of information but uh, it's definitely something that I would recommend anyone to consider if you really think you're going to continue to go every year. Um, it, it costs some money up front, but, you know, it can be worth it. I mean, even, even looking at it from a perspective of a larger family, uh, you can look at what you can get. Let's say um, Old Key West is a fairly low point. You know, you can stay certain times a year for... 250 points for a week in a two bedroom. 
That's uh, that was that was my that was my yeah. last research point was okay. Uh, my first adult, well, first family vacation uh, with kids as an adult was to Oki West for my sister's contract. And that was a two bedroom um, room and, or studio, whatever you want to call it, suite, I guess. And yeah. huge. two bedroom unit, yeah, huge. And if I was ever going to be able to afford DVC and go, it would have to be that villa. And I think I, I think I priced it as three hundred points to go seven or eight nights, mm-hmm. and, and that's that's a pretty hefty investment at that point. You're looking at like twenty five to thirty thousand dollars. It is, but you know maybe what you do is get one hundred fifty points and you go every other year. Uh, Disney does, oh, like of shows. course, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you, like, bank and, you bank and borrow, so you could do that every other year, and then the other year you stay off property or something like that. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of different options for it. I mean, I hate to just sound like a sales pitcher for it, but (laughs) there's a lot of games you could play. Yeah. Again, I, I, I came from many years of like, Oh, DVC, no way. It's too much money. It's, it's crazy, you know? And, uh, I turned into (laughs) someone that's a pretty, pretty big proponent of it. And again, it's, it's all about, you can, you can still spend a lot of money. I mean, Riviera, the new resort, those rooms are a lot of points. They really Ooh. are. And buying in there, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, you know, it's $195 a point. So, you know, if you want. A studio, I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for the Riviera uh, resale market to pop up. I'm very curious what it's going to look like. Yeah. It's, we, we got to wait a little bit because right now it's still, it's coming back years, reasonably. Right? Yeah. Well, Riviera, for those that don't know, they changed one of the resale rules they changed is for the new resorts, you cannot transfer into the other resorts so if i buy resale at say animal kingdom lodge i can still say stay at any of the original 14 resorts except for riviera if i buy riviera on the resale market i can only stay at riviera so uh and that's any resort going forward so it keep it's going to keep the original 14 resorts probably more valuable on the resale market than it will with riviera so two weeks ago, Matt Pato was on the show. Mm-hmm. He does the excellent before and after game that we have on Discord and on the Disboards too, if you catch this thread. Mm-hmm. He, had a, he had a good, interesting question, which is kind of always at the back of my mind with any, any aspect. With the 2042 expirations approaching, um, he wants to hear your thoughts on the value of some of the per points. So some of these contracts start expiring. Um, what are the theories about what's going to happen when they expire? And um, does any of the things like uh, Disney Magical Express and all the other things affect DVC value? So what, what are your initial thoughts on like contract expiration and stuff like that? So, yeah, so the original, uh, the original DVC resort contract was 50 years roughly, which was 2042. And then the subsequent, I want to say the next five resorts, they also use the same contract end date of 2042. So... Uh, Beach Club, Boardwalk, w- the the first Wilderness Lodge one, which is called Boulder Ridge, and then Vero Beach, Olkey West, and um, Hilton Head. So maybe that's seven. I don't know. Um, those all expire in 2042. Subsequent from that, they used a 50-year date. So I think the next one was – the next one that came out was Saratoga Springs, and that one has like a 2054 end date. Um so that question gets brought up a lot. What is going to happen in 2042 or as we approach 2042? The, the short answer and the real answer is no one has a clue. 
<laughs> right. Uh, I, I would suspect if you asked the highest levels of DVC inside the company, they probably don't really have a clue. Um, you don't want to think about it right now. Right. My suspicion is that it's, it's, it's somewhat complicated. I think, I think the, the two resorts, the Hilton Head and Vero Beach, I think they're going to dump them. I, you know, when they built that, when, when DVC was first coming out, they, the model was that they were going to have it all over the country or all over the world. And then they rapidly realized that it sells way, way better at Walt Disney World than it sells anywhere else. So they kind of dumped that and then they revived it with Olani. And then Olani was just like a total disaster. So I think you're done seeing anything outside of Walt Disney World or Disneyland. Um, so I think they dump those two. I think the other ones they probably resell is my guess. Um, I don't think they're going to necessarily give extensions. Old Key West is an odd one because they did offer extensions. Uh, I want to say it was 2009 and a very, I, from what I, the, the word is it was about 20% actually bought it. So Old Key West actually has some contracts ending in 2042 and some in 2057. So I don't know what they're going to do with those, but I, I suspect the rest of them, they're going to resell uh, and, you know, sell for whatever it is in 2042, which is probably $350 a point. I don't know. I mean, to me, that, that just doesn't make sense on a business point of view, because all of a sudden you're going to have one year where you're going to have this glut of, of, you know, contracts, right? Disney doesn't want to, I, from, from a business case anyway, don't want to risk losing all that money. So I would have mm. to suspect that they're going to offer, you know, right of first refusal, but reverse, so to speak, right? Like, you know, this is, you have an option to continue, but at this increased rate, you know, they're going to try to capture some more, uh, some additional monies. It's, it's possibly possible they do that. But one of the things they've done a lot of over the years is point inflation. So when you look at those older resorts, especially beach club and boardwalk, the points per night are very low compared to especially like Riviera, which is what I would say is maybe comparable because it's not, you know, it's a gondola ride away from Epcot as opposed to a, a boat or a walk. But, you know, I can stay, I can stay in a one bedroom at boardwalk for what it cost me for a studio over at uh, Riviera. And same thing. They, incre- they increased the point prices, uh, you know, much higher at grand Floridian, much higher at the poly, um, I think uh, I think Disney is going to want to make those resorts worth more points when they when they reinstate them. Um, I don't <laughs> I don't have a clue. I mean, you could be right. They they probably will offer a discount to existing members. I don't but, I don't doubt there's going to be a tinkering. Right? Obviously, yeah. it's not going to be the same. Like, yep, just carry on. But yeah. on the opposite end, you know, with some of the inventory that Disney has, I'm pretty sure they'll be able to sell a ton of, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to call it, repurposed points, I guess at this point, right? Cause they're all coming back to the fold of some of like the, yeah. the poly and the, the grand flow and all this other stuff, but they're going to have a glut of contracts with no one buying in. And I think that's, that's, you know, who knows what's going to happen in 21 years from now. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I the, mean, the- Anything can happen at this point, but yeah, the one question, the other part of that question, of course, is what's going to happen to the value of these contracts. 
they've got to, without knowledge of what they're going to do, they should in theory go to zero, right? right. They, the, the value, every, every year the contracts are worth less, are, are worth so give On the resale less market, points, yeah. Right? They, uh, you know, a boardwalk contract, I bought a boardwalk contract in 2017 and it had, uh, you know, 20, 25 years worth of points left. Now it has 21 years worth of points or 20 years worth of points. Um, so in theory, when I sell it, I shouldn't be getting as much. Well, especially Boardwalk and Beach Club, those are not going down. If anything, they're still going up, which is also kind of crazy to me. At some point, that'll stop. Um, We're already seeing it with Wilderness Lodge, where Wilderness Lodge points are now finally just about the lowest in the system. Um, You can get a Wilderness Lodge. uh, Sorry, because there's two resorts. There is Copper Creek, which is brand new and then there's the original wilderness lodge which is which was boardwalk one has a 2042 end date and the new one is like 2068 or something like that i forget the i forget 2067 um so people you know they look at that and they go well i'm gonna take the one that has you know even if it's gonna cost me 40 bucks more point i i want another 25 years of course rather than something that's gonna you know because it's but I think there's still enough people that can convince themselves, yeah, 20 years, plenty of time. At a certain point, you know, five years from now, it's going to be 15, then it's going to be 10 years. People aren't going to buy Beach Club at the current prices with 10 years left on the contract. Right. So those values Not are... When, you're, when your ROI, like we just talked about, is right. roughly 10 years, right? Yeah, I mean, Beach Club is the... Uh, uh, there's, there's places out there that talk about the value of the contract. And that is a combination of the resale cost, the number of years left on the contract, and the uh, the current um, maintenance fees. And the ROI, as you say, on Beach Club is far and away the worst, right? The 20, just in general, the 2042 resorts are the, are the worst. But Beach Club, because it still sells for $135, $140 a point on the resale market, and directed's like $250 or something like that. It's it's like way higher than, oh, than, yeah. resor- than resorts that have many many more years on them. Um, if I had a if I had a guess, I would say a lot of those pe- a lot of those contracts that are going are just people that are buying add ons to their collection of points at this point. There, but there's still those they still sell. I mean, you know, the larger contracts still sell. So there's still people out there, and and you see it on on message boards for DVC, like, oh, I really want I really want Beach Club. You know, try to convince me why I shouldn't do it. And, you know, you make arguments and people still go, ah, but that, that pool, I want that pool. And it's like, okay, well, well it's your money. <laughs> let, me, let me tell let me tell a, a quick story by the mindset of Disney people, right? And, and I, I include myself as far as Disney people is concerned, but everybody has a different level. Um, one company I used to work for, this is going back five or six years ago, when I joined up and then after three months, you get to sign up for the 401k program and you have to sit down with the resident, you know, seat, whatever, whoever was in control of setting up the 401k, they would set you up with the 401k's uh, financial advisor. That's what I'm looking for. And the story they gave us was, you know, this is for uh, your retirement. Cause I guess some people don't understand what a 401k is. It's not for you to take out money after two years to go to Disney world and finance your vacation. So what I'm getting at, there's a lot of people out there that are, are short-term thinkers. And, and I suspect that, oh, 20 years from now, that's, that's fine. Or 10 years from now, that's fine. 
Um, and that's why I think there's still going to be a robust resale market all as we're getting close within a decade of that expiration date. Um, yeah, there's, but yeah, no, I'm just going to say it's going to be interesting to see how that downward pressure works on, on the price per point on the resale market as we get closer it, to 2042. It's, it's got to affect at some point. I mean, as I said, when you get down to like 10 years, you know, and okay. if you, if you got, if you got kids your age and, and Phil's age, you're not going to want something that's going to run out when they're 13. Right. No, <laughs> you know, so so there. I think there will. I think there will be downward pressure eventually. I'm and I don't know when that's going to happen. It has not happened yet. Is all I'll say. Yeah, I mean, like for me, if I'm just thinking, I haven't I haven't really thought about this uh, with with purchasing points. But like, if we're at like the 15 year mark, right? I'm going to have this for 15 years. Mm-hmm. The Break even point needs to be in the five or six year mark. I think buying in, I need to enjoy at least ten years of cheaper deluxe vacations, and I think that's okay with me. With with the, considering the investment that you outlay at the beginning, um, but if it's still at like okay, you have to pay for this big time for ten years, and you only enjoy like maybe four years of cheaper stay, then it's definitely not worth it, in my opinion. Because yeah. and, it's a long-term and again, investment, I don't, and, I don't see it for another decade. Yeah, and again, I'm, I'm frugal. Like, because to me, even if it's a ten-year thing, what I want to, you know, what the way I look at it is, if I buy, if I buy, you know, Boardwalk, and ten years from now it drops by half its value, I'm only thinking the next ten years. Or I buy Bay Lake Tower, let's say, and it's going to be worth more ten years from now. Even if I, it's only something I'm looking for for ten years, which which should I buy? You know, yeah. I, I would I would very rarely recommend to people. I I did buy a boardwalk contract. I bought a very small one, seventy five points. We we use it for food and wine because in in the fall it's extremely hard to get a room at those two resorts. People love their food and wine, so uh, you know I broke down and do it did it, but I wasn't. I'm not a fan of the 2042 because I just think the return on investment isn't there versus no. a, a lot of the longer ones. What is the, I mean, outside of Revere, what's the longest contract? Is it still Copper Creek right now? Copper, yeah. Cause I said, it's, it's pretty much uh, 50 years for everything. So um, if I go to my website, I could tell you. <laughs> oh, you have <laughs> a website. That, I have a website, yeah, <laughs> dvchelp.com. Uh, we actually like list all the the end dates for each of the resorts. So um, uh, let's see. While you while you look at that, one of the one of the biggest complaints of either a lot of the resale websites, and some of them have gotten better over the last couple of years. I, I have to give some of them credit. It's incredibly difficult to sort things the way I want and filter them properly. Mm-hmm. And I just give me a simple spreadsheet. There's sometimes where you're like you just want to sort by cheapest but they force you to select different resorts individually you just can't have a big giant page of just what's available that's my yeah that's my so frustration if, um so. one of the things on our so we have all the point charts that disney will give you so the standard for each resort uh if you look under our point charts the first thing under our points chart is point charts for all resorts by date so there's different date categories for how much something would cost but you know if you wanted to go you know i you know i want to go uh the second week of october so based on that date you can look at that point category and you can see how many points it would cost to stay in any type of resort um 
for that uh, for that category. So if, so, um, you know, I said there's like I think there's now seven categories. They just expand it from seven to five. But if I know I want to stay, um, if I want to stay in I said mid October, I go to the chart that has the the October dates in it, and I can scroll down. I can see every single resort and do a comparison. Um, if you get into our tools, we have a, we have a member area which has tools, and it's more designed for people that have contracts. But you could also use it as a non-member because there's it doesn't connect to your to your DVC account at all. The only thing we ask for is an email, and we don't we don't record the email or use it to send you any crap or anything like that. But we just use that for people to access. And there's a bunch of tools in there. You can actually um, like pick vacations in there. They'll do point comparisons, and if you uh, if you have a contract, it'll actually spit out here's how much it costs you if you. Uh, you know, if you buy the contract at a certain price, here's how much it'll cost you. Here's how much you would pay to rent the DVC points. And here's how much it would cost you to pay rack rate. So there's, there's some various tools in there. They take a That's little bit. That's a great tool. To I like that. Yeah. So, but uh, back to the, the question about the, um, uh, the expiration. expiration we, yeah. Under our facts, they, we have a resort deed expiration list and, um, I'm just popping it up here right now. Uh, now yeah, Copper Creek is 2068. Uh, Riviera is 2070. And I mean, going backwards from that, it's about every two years. So Polly is 2066. Um, but as I said, there's one, two, three, four, five, six that are 2042. And then the next one is Saratoga, which was 2054. I own at Animal Kingdom, which is 2057, and I'm going to be in my 80s by that time, so I'm not too worried about it expiring. <laughs> and I'll be in my 70s, so yeah, I'm, I'm hope I hope I'm still still going to Disney in my mid uh, in my mid 80s. But I was going to say, know. I hope you, you better hope you're worrying about it, right? Because I mean, you're in a, in yeah. a good place. <laughs> yeah. So, but right, so- um, yeah, so anyone you know, and also uh, you know, I'll say on your. Um, on your Discord server, there's a section on DVC, and I, I check on there a lot. So if anybody has any questions, you know, I'm happy to I'm happy to answer questions. I, I do consider myself, you know, a DVC expert. <laughs> and if I wasn't uh, before I started the webpage, I am now. You better be at this yeah. point. Yeah, you've, so. you've you've basically come on the show since I'm a DVC expert, and you, know, you, have, you have to live up to those expectations now. But yeah, I, I think I, uh, I think with Everything that you've done in the community and on the disboards and everything else, um, you know, I used to enjoy the show that you did. I that's as since you've left, I haven't really watched the show. But when you when you you were on previously on um, the disboards version of the DVC show of their own, and mm-hmm. uh, those shows were excellent. As as somebody that was a DVC hopeful one day. Um, it was nice listening to you guys talk about DVC because one day I was like, one day I want to be a DVC member so I can be forced to go every single year and convince my wife that yes, it's worth spending all this money to go back to Disney World every. My my, my wife loves Disney, but she also wants to get onto a tropical island again one day too. So she's like, do we have to always go to Disney World? I'm like, yeah, I guess we do, but well, we'll find time one, to go to your island too. One option to think of it, as I said, is get a smaller contract uh, in theory you can bank and borrow and you can only, I generally wouldn't recommend people to, if they go every three years to, to get a contract that you're only going to use every three years and bank and borrow. Cause you can bank from the year before yep. borrow from the year after. 
Um, I more look at it as a two year thing, but you know, you know, again, you could look it at, works. you could look at a 150 point contract, uh, and just get that two bedroom every other year. And then the other years when you go to that tropical Island. So yeah, that's it. Or, Phil, or, you you've take, been... or you take the points and go to Alani one year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, That'd be good. Phil, you've been quiet most of the time. I apologize. Um, and and we're we're I had had a couple really good topics that I want to talk I wanted to bring you in but we're at the hour mark like I promised at the beginning of the show we we, we usually I actually know it was pre recording I promise we usually keep it at, at to an hour um, Matt I hope that answered all your questions I know we kind of skipped on uh, the what he called the bubble perks of all the different perks that you get with DVC Pete I, I think I can say safely that it really comes down to the cost of staying on property versus all the other perks that might come along with it. You're really always concerned about just the, the, the hotel cost, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, part. I would, in terms of the perks, when you look at the price difference between direct and resale, the perks are not worth the benefit. I mean, yeah. no. could, could, could you save that much money in, uh, you know, 20 years to, to make it worth it? The problem is none of those perks are guaranteed. Yeah. They, right now, there's almost none of them other than the 20% discount that you get. There's not all the perks that were there are gone right now. And that's just because, you know, because of what's going on with the parks. But it's, you know, I I would never say to somebody spend that extra, you know, $10,000 for uh, for the because you get a you get a you get to go to a lounge every once in a while, you know, right. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap it up here. Pete, thank you so much for pop- coming on. Typically, right now, we do a DVC Recommends, where we kind of recommend a website or a podcast or a YouTube channel. But obviously, we're here recommending DVCHelp.com for all your DVC needs, whether you're a veteran DVC uh, user or you're brand new, just kind of looking into it. Pete's got a lot of great tools, as he's mentioned, to help you kind of make those decisions. And if you have any questions and you want quote unquote live support or something like that. Um, the Discord community will certainly help you. Pete pops on every single day and kind of yep. has a comment here to here or there, not just on DVC and everything else. Um, but with that being said, we're going to call uh, close this show right now. And, and uh, also let me just say oh, for yes. those that are DVC members, DVC newscast available on iTunes, Spotify, pretty of much course. anywhere. And again, it's, it's, it's a pretty, we usually keep it 20 to 30 minutes, talk about DVC news about once a week. And uh, it's good. I think it's a good show. Of course I'm on it, but <laughs> of course the, the first show I ever listened, you weren't on it. And I'm like, what am I listening to now? Where's Pete? <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not, uh, not on every episode. Sometimes I, sometimes I can't make it, but I'm on most of them. Yeah. But with that being said, guys, um, have a good night. Thank you for listening guys. And we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hi, everyone.